Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Jiu-Jitsu Times podcast. I am your host, Kevin Bradley, joined as always by my co-host, Mr. Kevin Gallagher. And today we have an incredible up-and-coming MMA fighter with an extensive jiu-jitsu background with a somewhat noticeable family name if you if you want to get into it. But before we get into any of that, we got to first send it up to sponsors of this show, your friends and ours, Electrum Performance. Now, for our longtime viewers and listeners, you might have no- noticed that over the course of this show, my weight has fluctuated quite a bit. You know, I've, I've gone some, I've had some lean times where I'm looking like hot and cut and deadly, and other times where I'm the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man at the end of Ghostbusters 1. Obviously, it's an uphill battle for all of us. It's been a really tough time for a lot of people unable to work out and train. I've had a little bit of help from Electrum Performance. With their Team EP app, I have access to a strength and conditioning coach to a ton of great workouts that are within my range to do because I'm not really physically strong in case you needed me to flat out admit it. Okay, there it is. Uh, the the guys there are incredibly uh, well-adjusted and, and people that train but also have an extensive background in strength and conditioning, so you get a lot of questions answered. I get workouts that work best for me and my style of grappling, which is uh, just kind of flail around and spaz and hope for the best until the buzzer sounds. But if you're a little bit better than me, which I have no doubt, you'll get a lot out of the app. I really can't stress enough that these guys are an incredible resource for grapplers of any level. They've done extensive work with guys like Andre Galvao and a ton of the other guys at Autos, like Kanan Duarte. Look at how big and beefy that guy is. Don't you want to be like Kanan? Uh, so if you want to get access to a lot of this, uh, a lot of these resources and you want to ball on a budget, use the code JJT25 to knock off 25% off any purchases from the Electrum Performance website and or in the app. Let them know we sent you. Once again, that is www.electrumperformance or Team EP on the App Store. All right, ad read over. Now, obviously from the inception of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, one family has uh, stood out among the other, among all others as the, the originators, the the uh, innovators, the, the first and final name in mixed martial arts for many. Now, despite the, the long lineage of the family, many of its uh, standout competitors are still making waves in combat sports today. And we are blessed to have one such individual joining us to tell us all about his journey, his life, and where he intends to go in the future. So please give a warm welcome to Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt and Bellator competitor, Mr. Conry Gracie. What's Mr. Up, Gracie. Guys? Thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing? Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. Good, brother. How are you, man? I'm good. I'm good. It's funny because, uh, you know, I met you. Uh, Hoist is, you know, it's it's cool. It's it's always cool I can say this because, you know, whether or not I've trained under Hoist at all, but, like, it's really honest and, like, it's something that I hold as a piece of integrity to say that we can trace our lineage directly back to your father and, therefore, to, uh, to, uh, to Halio. Um, long story short, he was at our gym, Matt Arroyo's gym, teaching a seminar, and I met uh, Crony. Can I say that? As I say it right, Crony, am I right? I'm sorry, yeah. brother. <laughs> I'm no, gonna you're good, you're good. Oh, good, good, good. Um, and the reason I'm bringing it up is because uh, during the seminar, I remember looking at you. I'm like, man, dude, he doesn't look like Hoist at all. But there's a weird <laughs> thing about the angle 
of the camera and then i see you make that smile yeah, yeah. and there there he is there's that guy <laughs> you got more hair it's, if you had the shaved head maybe we can no, no, no. i'm not ready to lose this just yet you know <laughs> <laughs> still young and virile that's cool man. that's cool I mean, it's as someone who's had to wear a hat because I'm, you know, slowly losing what I got up top. I do. I get I get the struggle. But, you know, I feel like being a killing machine has got to help with feeling confident about your your amount of hair. Right. Uh, I mean, you know, I've been doing this for so long that it's not a killing machine. It's it's just that I'm confident in the knowledge that has been passed down through generations. So, um you know, it's, I wouldn't necessarily, you know, we're not all made to be these, you know, brutal, you know, killing machines, you know, like my dad, you know, in the first couple of UFCs went through, you know, three, four guys in one night. It, it, that's not, that's like a perception that the public has, um, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's based off of the great technique and knowledge that has been passed down over the years. So, I mean, we're going to get into some more stuff with that, but if you yeah. piggyback off of that question, this is kind of interesting because I was just having this conversation earlier today with someone that is a, uh, one of my white belts that just started, uh, you know, he's a pretty cool guy, but he's always talking about, Oh, coach Kevin, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to call you. You're going to start a fight so I can, you know, so I can, I can watch you beat somebody up. I bet you the toughest <laughs> guy in here. It's funny. And the only reason I say that is like, you know, cause when I go to bars, like more than likely, yeah, I'm the toughest guy in the room. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? And I'm not yeah. saying that, to say that I, you know, for any other reason, but it's just fact. You know, I'm a pretty yeah. big dude. I'm a tra- I've trained in jujitsu. I fought. You know what I mean? I have yeah, yeah. the I have the ability and the the hindsight to say, okay, cool, I can protect myself. But Absolutely. the point of the matter is, you talked about how like we're not all killing machines. Like this whole idea of like toughness. What I've noticed a lot about people, you know, not to put myself in the same conversation as you, but people like us. You know what I mean? That have trained, that have been around for a while. Kevin keeps laughing. You know? <laughs> but the point of the matter is, is there's a certain amount of security and less ego. Like, I don't care. Yeah. Like, things just kind of slide <laughs> off. Like, I don't care about some drunk asshole at a bar that's messing yeah. with me because I I'm secure about that. Yeah. So tell me, so, so, so you talk now. Tell me a little bit about, like, tell me a little bit about what you feel about what the Gracie, uh, Gracie Jiu-Jitsu and that 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 feeling of confidence brings to avoid fights instead of getting into them. I mean, it it just gives you, like I said, it gives you the knowledge and the skill set to be able to defend and protect yourself if that situation arises. You know, most more times than not, you know, people talk shit at the bar but don't really do anything at the end of the day. You know. Uh, more times than not, it's a verbal conflict that comes out of it more than a physical one. Um, and, and, you know, if that physical conflict does come around, Gracie Jiu-Jitsu at the end of the day will help you deal with such conflicts. Yeah. You know, and what I notice a lot, and again, I always bring this up because I used to bartend. I worked in fucking shitty clubs and I worked as a bouncer and stuff like that. I've had my share of interactions in those atmospheres. And what I've noticed more than anything is that just like you said, a lot of people like to talk. A lot of people like to oh, run yeah. their mouse, right? But most of the time, they're doing it while their friend is holding them back or while they're yeah. walking out yeah. the door. And there's a certain yeah. part of the warrior nature that if you know that there's someone that is really ready to put the work in, to get it done, like you kind of make that connection. And two warriors generally look at each other and say, hey, you know what, man? Like do we really need to do this? <laughs> you know, we can, if we have to, I'm, I'm yeah, ready. Yeah. I know you're ready too, but we don't really need to get into that if we don't want to. Yeah. 
I, yeah. I, I completely agree with that. You know, um, a lot of, like you said, a lot of the times there, there is that whole, you know, hold me back, you know, I can do this. Um, but it's all talk, you know, at the end of the day, most, most of the time it's all talk. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, um, my, just just to to give my perspective on that i do feel that once you really start getting into the years uh your perception of what you need to do in order to seem manly and like tough drastically changes and i think that 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 get, that changes from person to person but i, I feel like for me in jujitsu it happened pretty quickly you know i think my first week I spent a lot of time thinking like, oh man, I can't wait to get into a bar fight. And then by month, like the second month, I was like, dear God, I really hope I don't get into a fight just because I've seen enough people that don't look threatening completely ruin me on the mats. Yeah. And I, yeah. that's the other side of it. That's yeah. exactly right. The fact that like, you know, when you, when you train jujitsu as much as we do, when you're on the mats, you realize that like the dude in the corner that's skinny and goofy is probably, yeah, you never know who the killers are. Connery, Connery, like just full, full disclosure, you have a very big smile and you look like a normal guy. Like the, there's yeah. a chance some guys in a bar thinking, oh, I'm going to mess with this, this person. <laughs> because he looks yeah. normal <laughs> yeah i mean you know usually usually you try not to mess with the guy who's sitting in the corner you know with his friends minding his own business you know that's usually usually rule number one is is leave that dude alone <laughs> i just i feel like to be fair if anyone in a bar is ever like hey man you want to go you'd be like you got to be like hey man before you do anything here's a, a video of all my highlight reels in bellator <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it's not even that. I usually don't – I don't go out much um, just because I, I don't drink, so I, I'm not usually out partying all that much. I'd rather be inside training or, you know, resting or something like that or spending time with family. Um, uh, but when I do go out, I usually don't go out, like, without my group of friends, my guys, my boys, because, you know, if something does happen, I'd rather, you know, better safe than sorry, be in numbers and, and you know, stuff like that. So Now, are you usually – are you usually hanging out with family or other guys in the gym or do you have any like, like peep friends outside of combat sports? Oh, I, I have friends outside of like combat sports hundred percent. I mean, oh, I was just crazy. in a, I was just in a, where was I? I was just in Florida with you guys. And yeah. when I, when I finished, uh, when I finished teaching in Tampa, I drove down to Inglewood, Florida. In, Inglewood. In Ingle, wow. Yeah. In that's, that's a little yeah, in Inglewood, I have a buddy, Danny Duncan. He's like a huge YouTuber out there. Um, he's a, uh, you know, I stayed at his house for for you know twenty four hours because I only had a certain amount of time to stay. But um, I stayed with him, and and you know he he's totally outside of combat sports. Uh, didn't really do much growing up. Maybe you know a couple lessons here and there. Um, and then when when we kind of got together, he he finally started training, um, and now you know now he loves it. So. But yeah, I do, I do. I do have friends outside, but usually what happens, they end up getting pulled into the MMA world. To that, yeah, <laughs> that's. I was right. gonna say, like, they don't yeah, stay yeah, that way yeah. for long. <laughs> because I, I'm around it so much that, like, if you hang around me for a long enough time, you end up getting sucked into. <laughs> I think so. Part of it, would you think that uh, the fact that you grew up as you know a member of the Gracie family, I'm, I'd imagine that you were doing jujitsu shortly after you could walk, so it was yeah. such a part of your life did, did it was it difficult for you to 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 find friends that weren't intertwined in in the fighting yeah. world yeah. no it wasn't hard growing up because i you know you, everyone goes to school and stuff like that you, you make friends you know outside of 
outside of the martial arts world 100%. Um, I think that it's a little bit more difficult the older you get. Um, the older you get, you know, I, I didn't go to college. I, I went to Bellator, um, you know, a couple years after high school. I started fighting for Bellator. So um, I would say for me after high school, for most people after college, you know, it's, it's a little bit more difficult to make friends. You know, obviously, you know, you're going to make friends at work and stuff like that. But, you know, especially with COVID right now, nobody walks up to anyone anymore and says, hey, you know, how you doing? What's your day? You know, can I sit here? Do you mind? You know, um, you know, you mind if I buy you a drink? You know, that, that, those things don't happen very much anymore, even without COVID. Um, so, yeah, and I... I... I think for, you know, we, we've documented it pretty extensively, but especially everybody involved in jujitsu and combat sports, it's been especially damaging just because we get so much of our social interaction from like slap bump rolling on the mats. And we haven't been able to do that in that same way. How is it, how has that time been for you as someone who this is your profession? This is how you make your living. Uh, nothing's really slowed down or I mean, nothing's really stopped. Everything's kind of slowed down. I would say the only thing is group classes are, are done. Like group classes are totally canceled. Um, it's been a lot of like private training, one-on-ones, one-on-twos, stuff like that. Um, just cause you can't like have 30 people in a gym anymore, especially here in California. You know, I know Florida, we were just there. Florida's open. So must, must be <laughs> nice, huh? Florida's the wild must west, baby. Nice, we're just huh? rooting and tooting jujitsu doing uh... <laughs> yeah. We fire from the hip down here. <laughs> we're good. Ain't no damn COVID in Florida. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> COVID's ass. Yeah. Oh, well, in California, it's a little slower. Yeah, I feel like the East Coast in general has been quicker to reopen than like out west. It it's it's yeah. felt like that anyway. I've known a lot of gyms that have almost entirely reopened group classes, which has been kind of crazy. Um, it We're, we're going to get back to that, but there is one analogy I just wanted to bring. Since you talked to Kev brought up like your, your upbringing a little bit, being such a, a part of a prestigious family. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie, the, the claymation movie, uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, but there's yeah. this elf in the movie – uh, Hermie, who's like, I mean, all of my life is built around making toys. I'm going to be a dentist. (laughs) And I got to ask, with the family you grew up in, with the family you grew up in, was there ever a chance that you don't become like somehow involved in jujitsu? I know there's plenty of Gracies that, you know, are involved to various degrees, but with who your dad is, who your upbringing was. This question came up in the seminar and this is a really good answer. This is, I like this answer a lot because I know where he's going to go with this. So your your question is, can I go, like, can I be, let's say I want to be a doctor. Can I be a doctor? Is that your question? Or I I guess like, was there ever a moment when you're, when you were growing up, when you questioned all like all this whole life, like the combat okay. sports, jujitsu, like. So okay, I, I yeah okay, I, I know what you're talking about. Okay, so growing up, I obviously grew up in martial arts. Grew up in jujitsu. Um, when I hit uh, middle school, late middle school, um, early high school, I really started focusing on soccer, and I kind of, I kind of in a way slowly got away from jiu-jitsu, not completely, but slowly started to get away from jiu-jitsu a little bit. Um, and, and growing up in this family, it's fine. That's a hundred percent. Okay. You know, if you force a kid, especially at a young age to, to do something, it, 
eventually they're not going to want to do it anymore. You know, you can't keep the kid in forever. He's got to want to stay in. So what happens is, I think I know what you're talking about is, is, um, my dad as a kid used to use reverse psychology. So, or, or he used to like bribe us is one of the two, right? And he'd go, he'd go, you know what? I was like, Hey dad, man, th- this week I might just go to jiu-jitsu once. You know, I really want to focus on soccer this week, whatever. He was like, you know what? It's fine. He's like, don't even go to jiu-jitsu at all. Like, He's like, you don't need to. I was like, wait, really? What? <laughs> you know? So, so you, you know, you mess with, you mess with the head every once in a while and, and it makes you want to come back and it makes you want to go be better and do th- do special things, you know? Um, and then high school came around or end of high school came around and, and I had to make a choice, you know, was I going to go to college first, you know, and play soccer um, or was I going to go fight and, and, and focus on jiu-jitsu and focus on, you know, that career, you know, teaching and whatever entails on that side. Um, and end of high school came around and I sat down with my dad and I was like, Hey, look, I could go off to college, I could play soccer, I could do, you know, go study and become whatever I wanted to be, um, or I can go fight. And and I sat down with my dad and I go, to be honest, dad, I'm not a big fan of school. I'm not a big fan of learning in a classroom, okay? I would much rather learn going to a business meeting with you, going to like some kind of, you know, meeting with you outside of the classroom than <laughs> sitting down inside the classroom. And uh, that's that's kind of where I made my choice. I ended up, you know, going to fight and folks. So this is a personal question and you can yeah. answer it if you like, but um, was there any degree of family pride that led you to make that decision? Was there any degree of saying, you know, I mean, obviously I'm sure you put more thought into it to that, you know, but was there any degree of, you know, uh, I'm a Gracie, this is what we do, or I want to represent the Gracie family in the manner that my grandfather did and my father and my, and my uncles did before, before me. So all of, all of my brothers and sister, um, we all grew up learning Jiu-Jitsu, correct? Um, the only difference is I think that, you know, my, my, I'm the oldest. So my younger brother underneath me went, you know, did the college path. My younger brother underneath him, he's doing, you know, the military path. I think he wants to go to the army become a ranger. Um, my sister, you know, is most likely going to do the college path. That's what she's looking at now. So someone kind of had to, to step away from, you know, doing all that studying and someone had to kind of take over the family business. And, and that was where I wanted to go. So. Hey everybody, Kevin here with a brief commercial message from OG sponsors of the show, your friends and ours. No judges needed. Your one-stop shop for all of your grappling gear needs. I'm talking rash guards for all of you no-gi homies out there, as well as the dopest looking gis for all you pajama rockers out there. And I get it. You're watching this show, you're classy, and you love to ball on a budget, so we're here to help you save some money. Use the code JJT at checkout to knock 25% off all purchases, and that is just such a good deal, and you can keep doing it, my people. Come on! This is a jiu-jitsu-owned and operated company that has been with us from the beginning, and we cannot tell you enough how much their support has helped this show stay afloat in the lean times of quarantine. And they are not going anywhere. They're going to still be there helping you guys out. So run, don't walk to www.nojudgesneeded.com and use that code JJT to knock some money off and put it back in your pocket so you can save up for your next trip to nojudgesneeded.com. All right, now back to the episode. 
Yeah, that's cool. That's that was that was kind of what I was looking at. And, and, yeah. and, and uh, I mean, I imagine that there's still obviously a, an, a, an immense amount of family pride involved yeah. with you being a fighter and your jujitsu and things like just because of your, you know, you're the damn Gracie's man. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you guys, you guys I, put jujitsu on the map. I, it's funny. Like you, you, you are not the only Gracie uh, currently in Bellator. I don't know how much, uh, how much interaction you have with, um, uh, uh, Marcio Stambowski's son Neiman. Um, oh yeah. But yeah. whenever, whenever he fun fact, Marcio Stambowski he was actually my first. Actually. I know that's why yeah. that's why Marcio Stambowski was actually my first coach uh, in Connecticut, and so I ended up seeing Neiman a lot. And uh, of the conversations where like people would always want to fight him because they want to say they they tapped out a Gracie or they did they swept a Gracie. How much of that have you had to put up with just in in your day to day? Like in the gym, I, I suppose in the gym, but I guess in like also when you're you're talking when fights are being set up, people want to fight you in in Bellator and professionally. Do you find that's a, a part of the narrative, or is it? I mean, people, people it, always people always want like the challenge. They always want to say that they did it. You know, um, say I mean it's the same in the gym. There there is no like ego to it or nothing. If you get tapped, you get tapped. You know, you right. move on, you learn. You know, you never. People never lose in this sport, right? You only learn, you know, and as long as your mentality stays like that, I mean, you know, I, I've obviously I've grown up training with cousins and uncles and, and my father and, you know, everyone in my family pretty much. And, and it's, you know, there's a lot, you learn faster. There's a lot of guys better than you in this family, you know, got a lot of guys that can tap you, you know, whenever they please in this family. Um, especially like the higher ranks, you know, the older right. guys who have been around doing this for much longer than I have. Like the wizards, um, the guys that just the, do the, like the yeah. Jedi's who just make things happen with their minds, yeah. right? Exactly. Exactly. Right. So, so right. I think I think you learn kind of quickly that it, it has nothing to do with being tapped. I mean, yeah, guys tap you, sure, you know, whatever, move on. But at the end of the day, you get tapped and you learn. That's and that's the biggest thing. I, I tell a lot of like the white belts that who who teach you who I teach over here. Um, you know, there's the only way you really learn is by doing it. And and you know, you're not gonna really you're not gonna really, you know, tap anyone out at the beginning. That's what I tell a lot of my white belts. You're not gonna really tap any of the higher belts out. Let's let's be real, let's be honest, right? But what you are gonna do is get tapped out. And when you do get tapped out, you learn. I would sit there and think, okay, shoot, he caught me in an arm bar. How did he catch me? Go over the, those types of things, you know, in my head. Um, that's a big thing that I used to do growing up was, hey, I got tapped, you know, collar choke, boom, whatever. Okay, done. I got tapped. Great. Now, how do I not get tapped a second time in that, in that position? You know, and I used to do that a lot growing up. So I guess – we can start getting into first of all that's great that first of all like i i think about that a lot because you know as a black belt instructor when i'm in the gym like the target on my back is every day and yeah. a lot of times it's not that guys want to say they tapped coach kevin it's just guys want to show me how good they are they want to prove hey look how good i'm getting so every time i roll with anybody like they're bringing their freaking, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't get yeah. many freaking, unless it's another black belt. We're like, Hey, let's just kind of you know do this thing a little bit here. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Right. So I can only imagine that that's, you know, exponentially more difficult with when your last name's Gracie and when your horse Gracie's son, you know, I'm sure everybody you run into if okay, you're training so, outside so, somewhere else. So here, Here's another thing is 
when guys like that come in, what happens is usually, usually I try to tap them relatively quickly. And then what happens is I instruct them. I give right. them instruction. I give them a direction. Hey, you got tapped. I caught you in an, on a triangle in an arm lock, right? This is how, and I review with them. So it almost makes them understand, okay, shoot. You know, this guy's not a horrible guy. Yeah, he's good at what he does, but he's not a horrible guy. He's walking me through the process of how he tapped me. You know, a lot, a lot of that, you know, really benefits, especially a new student coming in. Yeah, I, I do that quite a bit when I roll yeah. too anymore. When I, and I chat, it's funny because I'll do it sometimes just to kind of like, hey, maybe just take it easy. Not, not, you know, what I mean? let my old ass take a breath for a second. But, right. But it, that's exactly what it is. Like, because at the end of the day, like a purple ball, I love you. But like 99.9% .9 of the purple balls in the world, like I'm going to murk whenever, whenever I want at any given moment, I want to. And it's not because I am, you know, the, the apex predator just because i'm a black belt i've been doing this a long time i know what you're it's gonna time. do immediately the minute the minute i hit end broadcast on this kev's immediately gonna be like that was a lie i am the alpha I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> i was only messing around that kind of you know, really come on, man. <laughs> so uh so conry i would love to yeah. know just because you talked a, a lot about your passion for soccer um by the way were you recruited to go to any colleges like were you scouted at oh, all because it sounds like it was a, a serious it sounds uh, like it was serious I, enough I, at that point i did i want to say i did get offers um to go play but no scholarships if i remember correctly it's it's been a while since I've even oh, thought about that. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. Um, no worries. But, but yeah. No. I. I mean. I was like my grades are good enough. I could have gone probably Division One. You know, um, play soccer for them. Um, but I think I just I would have much rather follow in the family's footsteps. There's That's just it. like there's an alternate universe where like M the the MLS is like suddenly really interesting and everyone's super into it because this crazy <laughs> guy, crazy this crazy kid. Wait, is America gonna win a World Cup finally? <laughs> yeah. oh, I don't know about that one. <laughs> but it, yeah. so, but it sounds like you you had a natural progression to wanting to be a fighter. But that is not your only role in martial arts. You're also a teacher. Um, I would love to know how you came to to add that title to to well, who you okay, are let me let me correct that statement i have always been a student of jiu-jitsu and i have you know always been a teacher of jiu-jitsu naturally growing up you teach your younger siblings stuff like that um okay i would say i would say the mma side of it is the add-on okay i've always been you know in the martial arts world i've always you know known other martial arts but i didn't actually start training MMA till after high school or my last year of high school. So your, your teaching started when you were just helping out your, your family members, your younger siblings and like cousins I mean, and whatnot. That's, that's, that's where it starts. And then, you know, I taught for Rodrigo Gracie. He owns a gym very close to me. I taught for him for many years. Uh, you know, I helped him out of his school for, for a while. Um, then I went, you know, I, I train now at, at my dad's gym in, in Harbor city where I am uh or you know near where i am so i hope I, 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 I only wanted to ask just because it sounds like you know you you had a family with a wealth of knowledge one of the greatest resources to learn about brazilian jiu-jitsu that is currently you're, you're currently alive on the planet yeah. um it sounds like you took a lot from your dad yeah. did he also help you learn how to teach others in a way does that make sense yes i think 
Okay, I think I think when it comes to teaching jiu-jitsu, you either have it or you don't. There's there's a lot of good fighters out there that can't teach for the life of them. You know, that's just it's just how it works. I think teaching it could be passed down, maybe, um, but I also think you're born with it. If you're going to be a good teacher, you know, you're going to have your students excel. I think you naturally have to be good at instructing people, um, you know, being that leader, being that, you know, role model for people. Um, I think that more is of a natural thing. Yeah, I definitely did learn a lot. Don't get me wrong from my dad. I 100 percent learned a lot from him. Your but. father, your father in the, in one of the questions we had after the seminar was talking about that. was speaking about how, you know, his father, Halio, he's like, he didn't teach us jujitsu. He taught us how to be teachers. He yeah. taught us how to teach. And he says that, like, I feel like my knowledge isn't just jujitsu. My knowledge is how to be a teacher. And what separates yeah. us from others is the fact that we are teachers. Yeah. I think yeah. that, well, well, I think the point of that was that we don't, like, I think the question was, do you, you know, were you guys fighters or, or what, what's going on, you know, with that? Um, like, did Volvelli teach you how to fight, you know? And, and that, that's not necessarily true. He taught us how to be teachers. You know, that, that's what gets passed down from generation to generation. The fighting is just a bonus. Wait, what, what did you call him, by the way? I was confused. Uh, Volvo Elio. It means grand grandfather in Portuguese. Ah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's habit for me. Yeah, no, it's cool. I said I'm writing that down in my my, my list yeah. of Portuguese words. Yeah. To remember yeah. next time I'm doing an IBJF tournament, so I can think yeah. about what those fuckers are saying when they're screaming yeah, it in the background. Grandfather Elio. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers, brother. <laughs> so, Kev, you want to get into? I mean, the elephant in the room, man. Let's just talk about what it was like growing up uh growing up gracie man tell us tell i got that i just want to i want to know well one thing i just wanted to i, I purposely restructured the my background a show on your skateboard Kev. yeah no well because <laughs> I, I i'm really lucky in that uh freddie from the incomparable public domain uh art like collective he's been putting out these things called the legacy deck i am never going to skateboard i have the coordination of a blind wombat so it's just a bit better idea for everybody if this keeps uh its place as a an art piece but here we have alio with i think that's supposed to be hicks and i'm not 100 percent sure um you know just playing around he's got the little baby who probably can't even you know speak yet like in a little key wrapped up he's he's playing guard um i, I guess the 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 segue is how early were you introduced to jujitsu oh man i mean probably before i could even walk when i was just crawling I mean, you know, you probably get laid on top, you go mount, and then, you know, they, they roll you over and, you know, mess around with you like that. And I, I would say before I could even walk, I was probably somehow being thrown around on the mat somewhere. Working on your, working on your hip escapes. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's cute, too, because it's something that you think of. I remember in the, in the video or the, the choke, the documentary about Hicks, and you can see him playing with one with, I think it was uh, – I think, I think it was Kron. Kron. Yeah. You had him up in the air when he's a baby and like practicing arm bars on him and have him doing all kinds of stuff. I just thought it was super cute. And like those are things that you see parents do with their kids. And now it's just the idea of, wow, that's actually freaking Hoist Gracie. You know what I mean? Like there's probably a lot more insight into the particulars of it than just playing, than the horse playing around. Man. So that, that cool. actually, that picture, we grew up doing that as kids. And then as we got older, we would end up instead of laying down on the feet, we would end up standing up on his feet. 
<laughs> so we'd stand straight up in the air on his feet and he would balance us on the bottom and we'd stand there. That's awesome. Man. I, 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 I think it's just the idea that it, it's this, you know, I feel like very few families have that level of connectivity where it's this shared passion. You know, some people it, like yeah. it's it's like they're all into football or there's a team that they all support. But like the idea of one family being so connected to this shared uh, art, it, I it became tradition for us. Yeah, it's yeah. now it's now passed down as tradition. So. When my grandfather was first learning, right, or my, when my grandfather first learned jiu-jitsu, um, he, you know, by the time his kids, he was having kids and, and, you know, raising them, they were already on the mat. So naturally, the next generation underneath those being me, you know, um, you know, we were already raised maybe even earlier on the mats, you know, than the initial, initial bunch. So. Right. Do, do you find that so there's something that i always notice because i always think about this in terms of america because in brazil jiu-jitsu has obviously been around for a longer period of time yeah. and there's people like have come up training like you talk about you know a black belt from brazil that's 30 years old well he could have been training for 20 25 years by now you know you know what i mean he could have started training when he was six seven years old so he could have that much experience and when you train at those young formative years, it just it just becomes so ingrained into your DNA. Now take the idea that you know your horse Gracie's kid, or you know what I mean, your your, your Halo Gracie's grandson, yeah. and they just take you to the gym and they put you in a corner and kind of hang out and things like that. Do you find that that you know obviously you did, but tell us how that uh, helped you to really allow jujitsu to become a part of you at that early early stage. Okay, so so I don't remember, I don't, or I don't know if you remember during the seminar, my dad was talking about the basics to jujitsu, right? The basic armbar, basic triangle, basic you know cross choke, you know, whatever, right? There's there's basic moves that that at a young age, especially at a very young age, you absorb a whole lot more than you would you know at, at an older age. Um, and those basics are pretty much the foundation of everything, right? When it comes to jiu-jitsu, you know, you, you get variations of arm locks, variations of triangles. But at the end of the day, the solid, like a, having a solid base, a solid basic form of jiu-jitsu that was ingrained in your head at such a young age, I think that's what makes me and, and other Gracies excel, you know, especially when it comes to jiu-jitsu. You know, you've been doing the basics for so long <laughs> that honestly, that's what we re revert back to, especially when teaching yeah. now, you know, it just comes, it's just, it's just so ingrained into you. And I think about that time too, you yeah. know, and it's in, and again, when you're learning it, when you're learning how to walk and when you're learning how to talk and you're learning how to like mature, your brain is maturing at that level. Yeah. When you learn these extremely complicated things during that developmental phase of your childhood, that's when you're, that's when you're predisposed to learn these complicated things. That's why it's so much more difficult for a grown up or an adult to learn a foreign language yeah. because your, your brain just isn't the same formative machine yeah. that it is when you're a child. And that's what I see now when I see a lot of these younger you know, I mean, I can, phenoms and stuff. I can teach anyone to do an arm lock, but now add 20 years of experience to that arm lock. You right. understand? Like yeah. that's, that's pretty much like how it's, how it's working. Yeah. 
it's interesting to to think about coming back to the bases because that's kind of my next question for you to piggyback off of that. You know, famously, your father uh, doesn't like sport jujitsu. He doesn't. He doesn't agree with it. You know, he, he gave us his his reasons for he, it. He and, doesn't. You know. He doesn't like the points. He doesn't like the jujitsu became about points. Yeah. That he has. No, I don't think he has anything against sport jujitsu necessarily or tournaments. He doesn't have anything against that. I think it's more of if you're competing for points and submission at the end of the day, all I have to do is take you down a few times and get mount and what I win. Right. It's yeah. like, you, uh, that's not what it's meant for. Right. Do you follow that same line of thought? I, yes, I do. I don't agree. I mean, I never grew up doing tournaments. Uh, you know, maybe once in my life I did a tournament um and that maybe i was very very young very little um, <laughs> imagine real quick imagine like being an orange belt thinking man my first tournament i wonder who i'm paired up with they just take like, the belt off i'm doing taekwondo the, 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 yes, the, other kid's, the other kid's dad is getting an autograph from the hoist <laughs> <laughs> Your coach goes over there to take a selfie. Just, just done. Yeah. No, I mean, so, I mean, I just think that if if, if sport jiu-jitsu was rid of the point system, maybe you know we would be more accepting towards it. But I think that that when you get away from the whole aspect of being able to defend yourself you know, and submit someone, even if it is in a contained environment like a tournament or sports jitsu or even MMA, you know, you get away from the whole aspect of what the martial art is actually meant to be, you know, and you start scoring points, like, you know. So so based upon that, and this is something that I'm curious about, just because, yeah. you know, I, again, again I, I see – from Rob Khan, and it's, we talk about this yeah. a lot when we had Rob on, you know, the idea of, because Rob has the same sentiments, you know, Rob started training with your dad back in the freaking 90s. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Know, Rob, Khan, Rob Khan yeah. is a $2 steak that was left out in the sun for five years. I, <laughs> Jesus Christ, guys. No, that's a, he's just a tough guy. All right. <laughs> Rob, is, Rob is the man. I love Rob. He's yeah. my dog. But the point of it is, is like I can see – that influence in our jujitsu now we we're very competitive gym we do a lot of we do a lot of tournaments and things like that you know i tend to i tend to disagree slightly with your point of view but that's you know again i totally also understand the concept of self-defense jujitsu in yeah. terms of maintaining control dominance and all the other things that, that that come from there and eventually putting someone to sleep so what my question to you is obviously you've trained at other gyms before you're not just strictly training under your father Tell us a little bit about what your father's teaching style, instruction style, and more particularly what I'm curious in is the rolling style between competitors, between students, as opposed to other gyms you might have trained at that maybe be a little more sport influenced. Okay. So at the end of the day, everything comes down to how much you want to learn, right? If you want to come – or if I want to go to some gym and roll and roll hard, I'm not necessarily learning anything. That's more of me trying to beat you and get an exercise in, right? Which, which I got no problem with. 
if you want to learn, right, I, and I tell this to all my students too, because I'll, I train, a, I have a lot of wrestlers who I, I train um, or I train with. Um, everything is about slowing things down. You really want to learn, slow things down, especially when it comes to jiu-jitsu, right? Then we can really, we can still have that competitive edge, of course, right? But when you slow things down, it makes, it really shows the gap difference between the belts, right? You slow things down, you get a little bit more relaxed. It shows the technique, you know, instead of just trying to muscle and throw somebody and, you know, whip them over. And I can do that to, you know, most of the guys in, in my gym, but it doesn't mean that I'm good at judo. You know, it doesn't mean that I can throw, you know, the black belt in judo if I really wanted to. You know what I'm saying? You really got to slow things down, especially in jiu-jitsu. You got to slow things down. Then you start understanding, hey, this is, you know, what you're doing wrong. This is what you're doing right. Um, you know, and it really gives you like an insight of of where you're at. You know, you know and I, when you, it's funny you say that because this is something, a concept that I think about a lot when I think about those things. When you talk about guys that are either more athletic, they try yeah. to use their athleticism, or stronger, or maybe even smaller and quicker. You know what yeah. I mean? The reality of it is, is that, yes, you are bigger, stronger, faster than that particular person you're training with. But the reason why technique is important because it doesn't care about your athletic ability and inevitably i don't care whatever jiu-jitsu guys talk about because one of the things that always makes me the craziest is when i see these memes about like i don't care what your bench press is your bench press isn't gonna stop you from choking you well i'll tell you what that yoked up crossfit kid good luck trying to get on his back if you're gonna go try to muscle him over because it ain't gonna happen you know what i'm talking yeah, about yeah, the reality him. of it is is technique doesn't care yeah. about your strength, athletic ability, technique works because it works. Don't give me, do I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. Some dude who's yoked out from a CrossFit gym comes into the gym and he might take me down once or twice. But right. I promise you, I promise you, I will submit him before he leaves. Yeah, and, exactly. And if, and if he's been doing CrossFit long enough, his joints are already gone. So you don't. <laughs> <laughs> and good. CrossFitters, come in, come at me in the chat because I can't. <laughs> they can't do anything. Um. Yeah. I. I know we gotta. We gotta move on, and we don't want to keep you too long. I just want to ask one last question. Um. Yeah. If you you've had a few fights so far yeah. inside Bellator, you're two and two right now. Yeah. Um what's what's your career looking like down the road how many years do you want to do this as long as my body can take it i guess as okay long as I find, honestly the the, tr the true answer which should be i mean the true answer is is it should be what everyone's answer is as long as you love what you do okay. you know as long as i still find mma enjoyable which i do you know i'll do this for as long as i can my as long as my body allows the, the day that i'm like hey you know what i'm over mma you know what? I go back to teaching. That's what I was made to do anyway. So, you know, at the end of the day, MMA for me is fun. I enjoy it. Well, that's the right, really that's the right, win, that's the right win, answer. Win or lose. Like I said, you lose. I mean, great. You learn. If you win, great. You won. There's do not you, much to do about it. Do you have, in that spirit, are there any matchups you're looking at down the line? We haven't seen you in the oh, cage since care. November. Or? I don't really care. I, I'll take just about anyone. Gracie doesn't need to sling beef. The beef comes to them. <laughs> Make it happen. Red panty Connor, night. Let's do this Connor, thing. Let's do this you thing. Whoever, Connor. whoever they cross me up with, I, I don't ever say no. Yeah. Are, I are you enjoying your – be your hype man, kid. You're too modest. Get, yeah, get, no, get, we got get, you. Get we got you. Connery's calling <laughs> everybody out. Are you liking your current, your, your current relationship with Bellator, though, is go, going well? And like, yeah, it's I, a, I love Bellator. Yeah, okay. They're a great organization. All right. I have one 
one request and that's yeah. you know i know you're not a huge fan of you know traditional jujitsu with like the points but you know there's this little promotion called submission underground and they do their th stuff in the cage and they've got some really kooky matchups going on they don't do point system do they they don't they do that they do that weird um ebi, EBI over time which is okay. a little bit okay. weird yeah, but yeah, like yeah. it's yeah okay yeah. And I'm just saying they've got fun tag team matches. It sounds like it could be a really cool time. Maybe you and Kron tag team. I don't know. Like like make it happen we, or something. We might be able to discuss something. You know? I, I'm just saying that would be that would be uh, so great. I imagine there's a little money laying around for potential free. I think Chael's got a little bit of a little yeah. pouch of gold for you if you ever we might, go. We might be able to scrape that up. Okay. Yeah. Well, obviously. Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying we would love to see like as much of Conor Gracie rolling and doing jujitsu as possible. And I know that you know MMA is what you're doing right now, but come on, man! Like we, we need more Gracies out on the mats, man. Like if the, money, if the money's right. I mean, I, I'm on the mats every day. I just don't. That's know. true, exactly. <laughs> you're already doing it. Yeah. All right, I'm I'm good, Kev. You got anything? I'm good, brother. Yeah, you know. Once again, thank you, man. You're awesome. Yeah, I you really appreciate me. you taking the time. I know you're busy. Like you're you're we, you're one of the ones that we consider. Like we're just we get we get excited that you actually said yes. Like, holy shit! Always <laughs> crazy. Sounds gonna come on. It's insane. I can't I can't believe you said yes. Right? So, I don't know who this hoist guy is, but this is Conry Gracie. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time. And once again, from someone that, you know, as considers you as a part of my family in, in an extended way, thank, thank you for being who you are. And thank you for being a part of what has made my life so amazing, which is the beautiful art of jujitsu. And I really mean that. Okay. Thanks for having me. Good luck to you for the best. You're and good I, kid. I appreciate kid. that you are a fellow guy worried about going bald and wearing a hat. You know, that <laughs> for me, that's our connection. Oh, I'm, not, I'm not there yet. <laughs> the, hat, the, hat, the hat's just for style. It's style points. The hat's style All points. Right. It has nothing to do with Baldy. Okay. All right. Well, uh, typically part of the show where our guests will get the opportunity to plug anything they've got going on, any social media pages, any initiatives. So for a little bit right now, the floor is entirely yours. Good, sir. I mean, there's, there's not much going on right now. I just, you know, enjoying life, living life to the fullest. Yeah. Can't complain. Psst, call someone out. <laughs> <laughs> this is your chance. No do it. Do it. Do it. Poke a bear. You're a good kid. You're a good kid, man. Call out AJ Agasarm. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Please, please. He's a great guy. Yeah, no, he is. I, that's oh, so funny. On. It's so yeah. it really is true. I've known AJ since he was a kid. He grew up down yeah. here in Tampa. I used to train at the Barra a little bit off and on. That he did. He trained at the guy uh, Eduardo De Lima that gave his black belt. Yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, so I trained like I knew. I knew AJ since he was a kid. He did a little training with us, and his persona is how he gets fights. But it's, like yeah. personally, he's really is the coolest dude. He's really yeah, is. No, he is. He's he awesome. Yeah, he really is a good kid. He yeah. just got caught. He wants to make this. And dude. It gets him. It gets him paid. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, how can you? Connery, how can you, Connery, you gotta let us do the talking. You're too nice, man. Come on, <laughs> right. call me, kid. We'll get. We'll, we'll, we'll get you straight. <laughs> now, man. All right. Well, uh, Connery, thank you so much. We really appreciate it, man. Thank and you. to all of our listeners and viewers, this has been another episode of the JJT podcast. I've been your host, Kevin Bradley, joined as always by my co-host, Mr. Kevin Gallagher and the incomparable Conry Gracie. Uh, be sure to follow him as he graces the octagon with his presence and hopefully the near future. And we cannot wait to see what you do, sir. We'll find something yeah. soon. 
We got to find something soon. It could be anyone, though. So, it you know, Bellator, anyone. throw anyone at this. He's whatever. Um, uh, as always, uh, stay safe, stay healthy, and protect your necks because it's crazy out there. <laughs> Good night, everybody.